This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And sitting in for Sam this week, Mark Medina. Hello, Thanks, everybody. Uh, a welcome return after being uh, not on any podcast for a while, I believe. Isn't that right? It's, it's, it's been a long time. People are going to assume that I don't work here anymore. I'm still here, and I'm on Gamescoop. I'm happy to be here. Happy people demanded it. To have you. The people, the frothing demand increased, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> Got a great show for you this week. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, our favorite games that aren't sequels, which is an interesting question, and one that I stole from a, a, a post in the GameScoop Facebook group, I, I have to admit, uh, from Abdullah Sabir. So uh, congrats on a very interesting topic. We're also going to talk about the uh, GTA uh, Definitive Edition Trilogy, or GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition, as well as the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. But first... Let's share what we've been playing, and for my part, I'm still playing Far Cry 6, in spite of the fact that I know the last week I was a little bit lukewarm on it, but I've been playing it every single day since the last episode, and I'm totally stuck in. Uh, It's got its hooks to me. I can't stop playing, and I'm having a great time. Actually, I'm having more and more fun the more that I play it, and this is in spite of the fact of having also started Metroid and liked it, but I've just been spending all my time playing Far Cry 6, and Justin, I think you're in a similar position. Yeah, I was going to say, are you me? Like, that's exactly (laughs) my situation of like, I also, you know, everyone knows I'm a big Metroid fan, but like a secret about me is I'm actually not a huge Metroid fan. I'm a huge Super Metroid fan. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the games, like, I think I only played the other games in the series once, you know, and I, I also like Metroid Dread. I actually don't have a bad word to say about it, but like Far Cry 6 is so um, chilled out and silly and just like it's kind of a stressful time of year and like Mm -hmm. um 
the game, I, there's a line three or four hours into the game where one character says to another, like, it's fun to be a gorilla. And I think that that's like the mission statement for the game. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's the vibe that they're going for, despite whatever the marketing or interviews would have you believe. And um, the game's totally fun. It's totally a fast food video game experiment experience where like I have a flamethrower and I want to barbecue some alligators with my flamethrower. <laughs> and that's what I want to do this evening instead of being like deeply stressed out and, and lost in an underground labyrinth. Like I would be in Metroid. Uh, the, new Mc, the new McRib is, is actually made of alligators. What you're saying? <laughs> Fast yeah. food. Maybe, and- <laughs> maybe that analogy didn't make a ton of sense. Like it's not, it's not like a better meal than like fine dining, but like, it's like, like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's just what I want. It's yeah. what I want right now. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel guilty about it. It's just a pleasure. <laughs> Game, the game's really good. It's just really fun. I love, you know, it's a big map, and I love how open it is. You can go anywhere you want from the beginning. You can have a helicopter from the beginning and just fly wherever mm-hmm. you want. You will be shot down if you fly over um, areas that are guarded by anti-aircraft cannons, but you can also just blow those up, and that frees up that area. So I, it's, it's an interesting mechanic. That, that's how you free up. Uh, the, the ability to move around freely in the air is you have to explode and blow up all these anti-aircraft cannons that are placed all around the map. I think that's pretty cool. And then I have a pro tip. Uh, this is something that I did early on. I, I, I looked up a list of all the best weapons in Far Cry 6. And Mark, Ooh. I believe IGN has, has one of these lists now. True, is Correct. that right? Correct. Yeah, the unique weapons. Yeah, well, I mean... In some cases, there are unique weapons, but in some cases, uh, just they might not be the actual best <laughs> weapons in the game. But in, right. in any case, you can oh, yeah. find, you can get all these games very early on because they're usually just like in a chest that's in an outpost. So if you just go to the outpost <laughs> and clear it out, there would be this sweet, uh, you know, uh, bow, compound bow that's uh, uh, in, in this chest in the back of the, comp, uh, the outpost. So I got all these like great weapons now very early on in, in the game. I've got like a shotgun with a silencer on it that one shots pretty much anyone. So you can just run around an outpost, run up to an enemies, kill them with one shot, and it doesn't even set off the alarms or, or <laughs> alert any other guards. So it's kind of a win mm-hmm. button for outposts. It's great. Yep. No, that's awesome. That's a really good. I mean, the game has an interesting progression. Like I'm just used to every game or every big AAA game, you know, being half an RPG, right? Like I'm going to have a skill tree, and the whole thing and like Far Cry puts all of that uh, behind loot instead and, you know, equipping and, and equipping different uh, armor and weapons is how you change around what your loadout is instead and how you kind of power up in that game, um, which, you know, I'm kind of here for it. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I think it, it's good, um, but I think I'm also going to steal that pro tip, Damon, because I'm not super interested in being deeply <laughs> challenged by this game. I kind of just want to kind of just want to fart around. I, yeah. I want to I want to join you guys there because I, I I dabbled a bit in New World. New World's fun. Uh, I tried playing New Deathloop. Dawn. I, no, or, New oh, World. Sorry, the game New World. New World the game New World. <laughs> yeah. uh, I played a little bit of Deathloop. Actually, didn't like it that much. Um, <laughs> but I am addicted to Far Cry. Holy okay, smokes! Okay. I've been playing this game every day. Uh, I'm a big Just Cause fan, and so like this game is weirdly scratching that itch, especially mm. since this I game has a wingsuit as well. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I did get shot you know, by anti-aircraft uh, guns. That's fine. I'll jump out and I'll just wingsuit the rest of the way there. Um, yep. Holy smokes. I, I like Far Cry more than I've liked any other Far Cry game. I don't know why this, or Far Cry 6, you know. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. This game is just, it's hitting at the perfect time. I think it's just mm-hmm. like Justin, where I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't want to think. I just want to like take out outposts and just like kill a yeah. bunch of dudes. It's fun. 
Yeah. I also I haven't played an FPS in a, in a while, and maybe that's just like a me thing because you know obviously Apex and all these hot games are still around. But for like sort of narrative driven single player FPS, I know it has co op, but like there, there, there's not mm. that many of them actually. So um, you know it's also scratching that itch for me. Mm-hmm. Mark, are you deep into it? Uh I just finished the like uh, like the Montero family section. Yeah, because it's it, it's a, it's a lot like Far Cry Five, right? Where it's like right at the beginning of the game, it's like here's the different like sections of the map that you can go to, sure. and so and it was, yeah. that's the one that I recommend you go to first. So uh, if I had to guess, I wouldn't say I'm super far, but uh, I'm having I, I'm do, I'm doing that thing though where I'm just like every time I stumble upon an outpost, I'm like, all right, this is going down. So it's like yeah. it's very <laughs> rare that I'm actually taking on a mission. I'm just blowing stuff up. The like flamethrower, and you're just like doing these like weed farms. So fun. I love it. <laughs> so you say you're a far cry from the end of that game? There you uh, go. There you go. I had to. Sorry. I would uh, not say that. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> it's okay. I said it for you. <laughs> the best thing, my favorite thing is that an outpost is just to uh, disable the alarms so they cannot call for any reinforcements. <laughs> and if you can just find where all the alarms are from a distance and you can just snipe the alarms, even if the sniper mm-hmm. is super loud and they hear it, if they just can't call for reinforcements, they're trapped. And they're just sitting ducks, <laughs> and I can just take them all out. It's great. I, I feel like a predator. Incredibly, like weirdly easy, and it's almost ruining it. Yeah. But I'm trying to find mm. the fun because I I have a silenced like rifle that has a four time scope on it, and I'm just like yeah. taking out everyone without ever almost <laughs> having any issues. Um, yeah. Damn, it's good times. Nobody, there is nobody that's like, yes, I want this game to be much harder. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not what anybody's here for. Exactly. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say nobody, but like people are it's just a blow off steam game. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And it, you can even pop it into story mode. And in story mode, you're practically unkillable. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. If you ever just wanted just wanted to be a god. That's great. Yeah. But Tina, I think you hit uh, pause on Far Cry. Is that right? I did. I ran into this really weird, um, frustrating glitch where, Mm. you know, you when you uh, when you first get to um, after the first outpost and when you're being instructed to um, create specific type of bullets to hit specific type of enemies they are sort of training Mm -hmm. you in. It's a little bit Mm. tutorial entry level stuff. And so, you you know, you parachute down or you paraglide down. um, And then I was trying to snipe people from afar and I, you guys may have just lost me. No, nope, we're good. Uh, I was trying to snipe people from afar, but uh, something like some menu popped up and it was it w- didn't pause the game. So people were still shooting me and I was trying to get out of the menu and it kept Weird. popping up on me again without me hitting anything. And so I, you know, turned the game off. I restarted it and it was still doing the same thing and lagging on me. So I just decided to ditch it for now uh i intend on returning um and the plan is to progress to the section where apparently co-op unlocks and then mm. i'm going to play with sam uh he's he's at that point and i just need to catch up a little bit so mm. we'll, we'll, we'll catch up for maybe the next episode cool so just zookeeper then uh it's hilarious zookeeper world <laughs> i've burned through i already maxed out the levels again i've maxed out again? my zoo i can oh my yeah i'm at like max rank max zoo um space and yeah all the levels. so i'm just going back and trying to get um perfect scores for all of them or you know unlock the the stars for each level and i'm i went back to lost judgment since far cry was being really glitchy on me um and i'm i'm working through that weird story <laughs> i you know what? i was so yakuza obsessed earlier this year and then i eventually kind of burned myself out on it which you know like the games are excellent like i love them i've ranted about the franchise before but 
I don't recommend playing them back to back to back just because <laughs> it is it is very samey. It's like you it know, is. it's it's eating that that mm. same you know bowl of chocolate ice cream for every meal. Um, but like Lost Judgment, oh, it looks so good. <laughs> and like <laughs> I might um, since the original well, just Judgment. Um, I never played Judgment either, and you know they're detached. They're not like connected to the Yakuza story at all. So it's like maybe I'll go, maybe I'll blast through Judgment and Lost Judgment. It's a good plan because there's some characters that you meet in new contexts and then they'll do a little flashback, but I still have no idea like how I'm supposed to feel about those characters or not. They'll give you a really condensed like, oh, yeah, this guy, when I met him, he was my enemy. (laughs) But then we fought alongside each other and then you like meet him as a random NPC in in Lost Judgment. So I bet that context would would go a long way. Deep lore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Does it still have the wackiness of Like a Dragon? Um, it's more serious in tone, mm-hmm. certainly because of the story, too. Like, you're investigating a murder, um, and alongside that murder is a whole bunch of other sketchy stuff going on, like high school bullying or, mm-hmm. um, you know, inappropriate behavior on uh, a train ride from a particular person who's connected to that high school bullying in a different way. So it's just, it's really dark and kind of upsetting stories that you work through. So it doesn't have that wackiness on that level. But you are, like a private detective who skateboards around town. So mm. there's, there's, That's you know, cool. there's certain elements of it. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's um, mini games as well. Uh, so there's a bunch of like Sega clubs and whatnot. All those same stores and spaces are there. So what are the arcade games in it? Uh, there's one in particular that I just played. It's like a, like a Mario party style. Uh, you know, you roll the dice and then you go, you go across um, a board cool. um, so you, uh, and then you like challenge other players. I really like that one, but you have to earn, tokens or tickets or something to be able to play it so you have to play other arcade games which i'm not a huge fan of a lot of those mini games i just want to play this one um but you know it's it requires an admission fee so there is that caveat i don't know what game that would be i'm trying to look up sega arcade board game party game and i don't even know what it would be oh it's it's like invented for um oh, this particular i think it's it not is, a classic yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on uh, to this topic. What is your favorite game of all time that isn't a sequel? Uh, as thought up by Abdullah Sabir in the GameScoop Facebook group. I thought this is pretty good because it's like so, I, uh, so many of people's favorite games, you know, Mario 64, Super Metroid, Ocarina of Time, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, even Red Dead Redemption, I guess. They're all like, they're all sequels. So it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge to think of games that are your favorite of all time that are not a sequel. Tina, what's something that came to you? So, yes, this is really hard because typically if you like the original, the sequel is probably better. So you would opt for that one, (laughs) Um, Mm. typically. But so that was tough. And so I was thinking about which originals still really hold up and then also some indie titles. So, you know, in in true Tina fashion, I did not pick one. I picked a handful. Um, Mm. So on the uh, indie front, which I'm sure will not surprise Damon whatsoever, um, I picked out Inside. That's uh, on my list. Right? I thought so. And it's not a sequel to Limbo, so it nope. totally counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much better than Limbo, in my opinion. Uh, so that's one um, that I think is really beautifully done. And then it's it's not an indie. I guess it's more medium-sized and the studio doesn't exist anymore. But The Walking Dead Season 1, I also really enjoyed. Right. And I thought mm. it was much better than any other season. So in that case, the uh, the sequel thing works really well for that one. Or the mm. non-sequel pick. And then my other ones are Original Bioshock, still really holds up. 
um, in my opinion. Uh, original Dragon Age was honestly my favorite. I'm sure that'll be divisive because they've certainly you know made progressions in the story and the mechanics over the series. Um, original Halo, same deal, like still mm. such a good, strong showing. Um, and then I really liked Last of Us one more than Last of Us two, so that's another Agreed. one that counts. Agreed. Uh, now I have a hard time remembering which one was the first Dragon Age and like when it was and on what system. Dragon Age Origins. It came out in two thousand nine. Dragon I, Age Origins it, is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only there's only three. Yeah. You know, there's Origins two and then Inquisition. Yeah. Okay. So if you're picturing like whatever original like old Dragon Age you're picturing, you're probably you probably have the right one. That's the one. <laughs> okay. mm. Cool. Uh, those are some good ones, including some that I hadn't thought of. Although inside mm-hmm. was on my list, was on my list as well. Of course. Uh, Mark, how about you? Yeah, uh, man, you don't think Mar- Mario sixty four? You consider that a sequel? I find that so weird that <laughs> yes. you consider oh, well, that well, a sequel. Now you're making me think. I guess I just I, I autopiloted that one. So yeah, yeah I, it's, I mean, a, it's, it's a, a Super, Super Mario, Mario game. game. Yeah, it's clearly the sixty fourth game in the in the series. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if you go off something like that. Obviously, it'd be Mario sixty four is my favorite game of all time. Right, uh, but a few a few others would be you know um, again all, all mine have numbers uh, would be like Final Fantasy ten definitely not a sequel. Oh, what, does that count? I I that what I'm talking about. I would have picked Final Fantasy ten. I would have picked Final it Fantasy ten in in no world. Get out of town. Talking what is that about a sequel to? It does. I don't think it doesn't have to be narratively a sequel, but. Yeah. If no, it's a no, franchise sequel. No, no, no. Every numbered Final Fantasy <laughs> is its own game. That's just <laughs> what a the cheat. 10th Final Fantasy. Nope. <laughs> The, f- the 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 forums or YouTube comments. This is oh. going to be the discussion where they're like, "I agree with Mark," or they're going to be like, "Mark's garbage." Uh, hopefully, more people agree with me than than they don't. Well, uh, I, yeah, I Final disagree. Final Fantasy X, not a sequel. I disagree, but Mark is not garbage. So, oh, what happened to what happened in Final Fantasy Nine that that went over to Final <laughs> Fantasy X? Let me think. Let me think. Well, nothing. Uh, okay. The art style. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I'd also agree with Tina with uh, Halo. Mm-hmm. I love Halo. Um, but I would I would say if we're gonna go definitive, I would say Portal One is like mm. Portal. Portal is one of my favorite games of all time. Yep. Uh, those games are nearly perfect uh, when it comes to video games, and so Portal is just this like you know culmination of like brand new IP just done right. Uh, so I would go with Portal, but I want to see ten, not a sequel. Portal's great, but two is better than one. Oh, two is well, yeah, is I mean, better than one. <laughs> that's why I left it, it off is. my list. Yeah, I, I felt like the qualifying factor had to be that the sequels weren't overwhelmingly better than the original. You don't yeah. think any of the Halo sequels are better than the, the first one? Not overwhelmingly so, and I guess also I have a bit of nostalgia tie, tied into it, so that's a bit of a bias. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling about Red Dead. Also, Red Dead, kind of a sequel to Revolver, but it's like Red Dead 2 is just so good. Yeah, that's, that why, it's, it's, <laughs> that's why I left Red Dead 1 off, too, because it felt a little bit like 2 is just markedly better. In my opinion. I know that's very divisive, though. Some people feel the opposite. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are my picks. Justin, how about you? You can't pick Super Metroid. No, I can't. <laughs> Mark, if Final Fantasy X is not a sequel, why is it called Final Fantasy X? Mm-hmm. Why is it called that? 
Why are any of the, why are, why are, Get why are they named that way? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I'm you not do. It's because they're sequels. It's because how it's a sequel that? to the previous Final Fantasy games. But I don't you, understand how that even makes sense. I'm there sure Sid's in there. Different universes. Sid's in there somewhere. There's Chocobos. This is so those what, are sense. those are so, Mark, uh, those Mark, are common elements. Phoenix Downs. I think you're too fung up, you're too hung up on being mm-hmm. focused on something being narratively connected without mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. sort of the evolution in gameplay and systems design that also plays a part when you're designing a sequel to a previous game. Like, you know, I, there's I, absolutely no there's no narrative connectivity between Super Mario, you know, Super Mario 64 and Super Mario World. They're not narratively connected, but they're part of the so, same okay, series. So, th- so this is uh, for one. And you're Zelda. not going to convince me. But <laughs> this is just this is just, <laughs> this is just going to be like which one is more acceptable, Mario sixty four or Final Fantasy ten? As a sequel, neither, dude. I don't. I don't want to yeah. talk about this anymore. <laughs> I do, but like, but there is. So it's like you know. Okay, so Bioshock, not a sequel, but like yeah. totally a spiritual successor to System Shock. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and so it's successor. like what like there is an argument where like now i'm all up in my own head about this we're like okay so final fantasy 10 evolves the gameplay and um you know storytelling device and just rpg expertise that square enix had built up and it's a sequel just because it's called final fantasy but then bioshock is not because mm-hmm. it has a different name mm-hmm. yeah town yeah like, if and bi- it's complicated and like how well, do you- no, final fantasy 10 the spiritual successor to final fantasy <laughs> Son of a bitch. Because like spinoffs do do add like an interesting element to that conversation too. Like even if you just take Lost uh, Judgment and Lost Judgment mm-hmm. compared to the Yakuza series, like there's differentiations in gameplay. But yeah, the the, the, the last thing I want to bring up on the Final Fantasy uh, gate uh, <laughs> is Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Ten, Final Fantasy Eleven. None of those are a sequel to another, right? Final Fantasy Ten Two mm-hmm. absolutely a sequel to Final Fantasy Ten. Final Fantasy 13 has a part two and a part three. What is what is, is Final that? Fantasy is- 7 remake di- as the different parts? Are the, Is part two a sequel? No, because that's just one game split into three parts. Is that's, it just three that's parts? That's an easy one. Well, who knows? <laughs> um, so I, 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 would, I would make the case that if, if Final Fantasy 10 was a sequel to 9, then Final Fantasy 10 2 should have just been called Final Fantasy 11. But it's not. It's called Final Fantasy 10 2. I'm, I'm yeah, but that's like that's like Nintendo just arbitrarily <clears throat> changing the name of their consoles between between there's, various. There's, generations. there's also opposites. There's like Final Fantasy Tactics Two is mm. not connected to Final Fantasy Tactics in any way, shape, or form. So like it's not a narrative sequel, but it carries on sort of the two moniker. I mean, clearly anyway. they exist to make podcasts more interesting. So we have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. point is, the greatest <laughs> non-sequel ever made is Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> well, okay. There you go. Because there wasn't ever just a regular monkey ball. Just a regular ass monkey ball. <laughs> a regular I, I, monkey ball. <laughs> I actually don't know for as big of a monkey ball fan as I am. Um, monkey ball was an arcade game first. And I've never. True? Yeah. Before the GameCube version came out. And I've never seen it. Never played it. And so I, I don't know how. I think the GameCube version is a port. But I don't know if it has new levels or if it's different or exactly what the provenance there is of the origins of monkey ball. But no, there were no console monkey ball games. It was never on the Dreamcast or anything. And like strictly like we talked about this before the show, I was going to pick the witness, but then I went into my own little mind palace and was ranking my favorite games of all time until I hit the first one that was not a sequel and it was (laughs) monkey ball. So there you have it. The the witness would probably be my follow up. I think it's the greatest uh, puzzle game ever made. 
Well, have you played Zookeeper World? It's all, well, but it's a sequel. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> That's true. That was originally that was pick originally, but then he's like, "Oh, it's a sequel." <laughs> I'm on level. I thought I was doing so good. I'm on like level 220, but Tina's already ca- capped the game out. What is yeah? What I'm is Zookeeper World? I it's never it's a felt match more out three, of it. It's, it's a, a match it, three puzzle game. Yeah, a 2021 game of the year candidate. It's yep. on app. It's on Apple Arcade, Mark. I just got an yeah. iPad that came with three months of Apple Arcade, and I'm playing the new Castlevania game that's on there. It's there pretty fun. Okay. Oh. I want to hear about that. Oh, here's a screenshot. <laughs> oh, I love that, that we're doing this quality. now. Yeah. That looks great. So that's Zookeeper yeah. World. Yep. Download on Apple Arcade. It's that's great. level, that's <laughs> stage 175. I actually, so people, people uh, give match three puzzlers, uh, they give them shit, right? Like they're not seen as being like legitimate game experiences, but that's because of their business model. It's because they're mm-hmm. riddled with in-app purchases and garbage and life bars and timers. But the actual core gameplay of like, here's 250 levels, each with their own unique puzzle and their own sort of twists to work through. And like, you have to plan ahead on how you're going to defeat this level. Like that is a legit great gameplay experience that like mm-hmm. is just so been overshadowed by Candy Crush making its money the way that it does. This game um, shouldn't have but, any of that though, right? Because it's on Apple. It doesn't Apple. have any of that. Okay. So if That's you strip point. all that out, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, playing Plants vs. Zombies 2 and it, that was very like the game's free, but there was like, like microtransactions like your timers yeah. on levels. And I'm like, I want to give you $10 to be able to just play uh, this game. I'm telling you, I'm telling did, you, man, like they did the Apple same pulling. thing. Same thing with angry birds too. Mm-hmm. Mm. They got you. You have, you have Apple over here pulling mobile games back from the brink. Sure. Saving it's it. But now how's this new Castlevania game on oh, Apple arcade? It's fun. Eh. I don't know if it's brand new, is it? But, uh, I, I was well, like, I, I opened the list <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, there's like all these like pathless is on there. I'm like, I can play the pathless on my iPad. That's crazy. Uh, and so I just downloaded a bunch of them and, and one of them was Castlevania. I forget the name of it. Uh, and I played it's, it's one of those, like you just enter a level kind of deal. It's not uh symphony of the night, like Metroidvania kind of style. Um, right, it's right. fun. It's Castlevania. He plays Alucard, but he's not Alucard because he doesn't want to be called that. Um, there's, it's good there's though. other playable. You play as Maria as well. There's a couple of playable characters. Mm. And are you using a controller? Yes. Yeah. So okay. I'm using, so, uh, I have a dual sense that got, uh, a little bit of drift. Uh, the one that came <laughs> with my PlayStation five, uh, which is, fine because most apple arcade games don't use the right stick and the drift's not that bad so i have a red controller for like my ps5 and then i just use this uh this guy here he's my you can also just pair you you can pair whatever control like you don't need to deal with drift like you can just pair a controller to your ipad or yeah but then it unpairs it from my ps5 and uh like so i was like I didn't want to deal with that. And that is totally fine as an app. So like, this is just my iPad controller. It just, it chills there. Cool. Uh, a couple games I would consider my favorites of all time. They're not sequels. Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Oh yeah. A, fa- a fairly recent entry. Don't need to say anything more about that game of the year last year. Uh, inside was on my list. I would also, uh, Disgaea, the original Disgaea. I probably put mm. 300 hours to back into the, Back in 2003 or whenever the, that came out, Justin had mentioned uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Disguise, I think the one after that that really just sort of exploded the console turn-based strategy uh, game into something so deep you could just live inside that game for weeks and months. Uh, and then I would also say, if, if, if Justin will allow it, Perfect Dark. 
Oh, spiritual yeah. sequel. Yeah, for sure. Perfect dark. Mm-hmm. Spiritual sequel to Goldeneye, but not a sequel. Mm-hmm. I forgot about Ghost. That would totally go on my list too. Yeah. Now you got me thinking about like Spider Man. Mm. Sure. Yeah. 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 Spider Man's good. I, I, my first thought was like God of War, but that that's a, that would be a sequel, right? God of War twenty eighteen. Since it's a well, reboot, it, it's a reboot. But he he references. But they acknowledge everything has happened, right? right? Yeah, that's fair. Like yeah. it, it's, it's canon. A, he just switched like dimensions or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just a modernization of the series, I guess. I didn't yeah. think about Spider Man twenty eighteen. That's a really good one. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Ken from Chicago, please no last name. Did. <laughs> oh, okay. But no one say Ken's last name, okay? Heir to the That's please right. no last name fortune. <laughs> uh, Ken, just Ken, says, with the now confirmed announcement of the GTA trilogy, I had a question for the goose camp about this trend. While I'm excited for a neat package of some of my favorite GTA games, I find I almost never complete the entire set of, of game trilogies, even with series I haven't played. 
While the value proposition is enticing, I find that most of the time I'll get through the first game of the trilogy, maybe start the second game, but I tend to get burned out quickly thereafter. The most recent example was Mass Effect, but I've had this happen with Bioshock, Crash Bandicoot, and Metroid Prime, to name a few. On the other hand, I purchased the Dark Souls remaster on Switch instead of the trilogy, and was wholly satisfied with the single experience. My question is, do you ever experience this phenomenon? Are we getting too much of a good thing when it comes to trilogies? And mm. Tina, did you play through all three games in Mass Effect Legendary Edition? I did. And the secret to finishing it all is playing it completely back to back and ignoring everything else that exists <laughs> pretty much. Uh, that's the only way to get through it because, you know, you're riding a momentum at that phase. And I think mm. Mass Effect is unique because, A, I mean, like many games, honestly, it progressively, you know, evolves in certain ways, mostly positively. Um, you know, I think, you know, famously I've said Mass Effect 2 is my favorite. So I was really encouraged to get through one. It felt like um, a massive tutorial to, to get there. And then I just wanted to see the story through. So because it's so narratively driven, um, that's the thing that motivates you to get through it. And I would say, like, it makes sense that there'd be some fatigue or you get bored of doing the same thing back to back for a while. But maybe that's the argument for, uh, you know, scaling down on some of them and playing on on easier modes just to get through it. And then uh, playing more difficult modes for the ones that you're really anticipating. If there's like a particular number in the series, that's like known to be the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree more with him where, uh, yeah, the only mass effect I've played is Andromeda. I feel like every time I'm on a podcast, we have that conversation. And, uh, <laughs> so the legendary edition was my time to, to get through them. And mm-hmm. I got halfway through the first one and I was like, <laughs> I'm not playing this anymore. Um, oh, no. I, there was no chance in hell I was going to play all three of those. That was never going to happen. So I wasn't sad about it. Um, I, I would say the only you time it, it was yeah. it was the same thing with uh, <laughs> he mentions Bioshock. Same deal. I got about I, I've played Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Um, but I I got about halfway through the first one and I was like, I kind of want to play a little bit of two now because I had never played two. I played a little bit of it. I played a little bit of Infinite and I was like, all right, cool. I, I, the only time I could think of where I was like, I'm going to play all of these through would be uh, Uncharted because I had never played them. Hmm. So when that like Nathan Drake collection came out, I played all three in a row. Uh, some of my favorite games of all time now. Um, but yeah, even most recently with the Mario Switch collection. I dabbled in each of them, but I was like, I'm not going to play any of these to completion. You know, <laughs> I've played enough of Mario 64. I, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, how about you? Um, y- you know, I think they're a service for accessibility in games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about many, many times on the show that there is never, you can listen to any Beatles album you want. Right. Or, or read any book and games are unique in that they go away and then you can't play them anymore. And so I think that these remakes and remasters, in addition to providing developers and publishers an opportunity to continue monetizing their game and, and staying in business and, and making money, um, it's a service to, you know, new audience. You know, there's new adults that like even games that came out 10 years ago, in my mind, still feel recent. But if someone's 18, they were eight when that game came out. And so, <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> you sort of you need these remakes and remasters in order for new generations to continue being able to access games and play them, which is um, kind of an unfortunate side effect of our hobby. So I don't have too much of a personal opinion on this. Like it's on a game by game and franchise by franchise basis. Like, yo, I was so pumped about Mass Effect, but there's other remakes and remasters that, you know, like either I just skip them entirely or just don't 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm more like Mark, like I'll, I'll play for a few minutes and then that's it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm excited for dead space. Cause I I've never played dead space. And so if they were like, we're remastering the whole trilogy, I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. But the fact that they're fully remaking uh, dead space one has me very excited to go back in same with uh, Knights of the old Republic. Like I've never played those. So the fact that they're fully remaking the first one has me excited to check it out versus just like a remastered collection of the two. Man, you just mentioned two games that I'd like to add to my list of favorite games that aren't sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I'm, I'm more like Ken, just Ken. Uh, I don't think I have ever actually sat down into one of these like trilogy packages and played through all the games from start to finish. Although I do appreciate like Justin uh, pointed out, I appreciate the convenience of having them all packaged together. Maybe the best thing would be to put out, uh, you know, a package, still offer the games individually, but you'd save a little money if you buy them all together in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mass Effect trilogy, yes, I started one and then bounced off it and never finished even the first one. GTA, uh, the new definitive trilogy that's coming up. I'm most excited to check out Vice City because I love that one and haven't played it since it was released. But who knows if I'll ever even get to either of the other two. But Tina, do you think you'll play through all of the GTAs again? I absolutely thing? will. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely planning on it because um, that was far back enough uh, where I didn't get a chance to experience all three of those in their entirety. So this is kind of my opportunity, like like Mark was saying, with with Mass Effect Legendary Edition, even though you bailed on it, Mark, you bailed. Um, <laughs> I'd do it again. But <laughs> you shouldn't. They're so good. The, the thing is, you need to skip one. That was your problem uh, all along. That's but what yeah, everyone like said me, about Terminator. Is... And I got halfway through Terminator 2 and I turned it off. And what? what the hell was going on? <laughs> <laughs> the story. You didn't watch the first easier one? to get through. Yeah, I was told I didn't need to watch the first one. Just watch the Who second one. That? Destin Tulagarin. He's the one that I loved you listen to Destin. I don't listen to Destin. He's That's my just boss. an evergreen. <laughs> an evergreen piece of advice right there. Yeah. <laughs> no matter the He's situation. the one that loaned me the, the DVD, and then he's like, I'll, I'll take oh, it back. Man. I know you're never going to finish it. I was like, nah, I got halfway Aww. through. They were going to like break yeah. into a place, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, well, like. Yeah. Granted, T2 is like bigger and better, but it builds on every, the foundation that was established with the first ones. So. Dude, if and you were to, so much easier on, to... If, <laughs> if you were to make like sequels that you most need to have seen the original. Yeah, exactly. It's like Terminator <laughs> 2 is like way yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's easier to fit in a movie than like a 30-hour game and put your time into that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, same. GTA trilogy, I'm really looking forward to honestly because, and I imagine there's other people that haven't played or, or played bits of them um, or watched other people play uh, and didn't really have their own access to it like I did. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited to finally get my chance to, to get the same sort of experience everyone else did. Mark, I those games are that great. Mark, is GTA San Andreas a sequel to Vice City? No, well, I don't think well, so. <laughs> But it's, they're cana- they're the, cana- the, the characters carry over. Yeah, those games are tough. I, I I had originally GTA Five is one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm like, that's not a sequel. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it, it their story their story specifically is not a sequel, but like they reference things that happen in GTA Four and and even GTA Three. So like, 
Your rationale great. of like it has to be story connected is so insane. <laughs> like by your rationale, the only thing that makes them a sequel or not is if one character shows up in one scene and they're like, oh, what? yeah, I used, to live in, I used to live in Vice City a decade ago and what? now I'm out what? here. What character from Final <laughs> Fantasy IX shows up in Final Fantasy X? None. But if if it's... that happened, if they like drop through some portal and they're like, oh, I used to live in this other land, then there is, it's a sequel to you. That's if, the only if there thing. Was one line where they were like, "Oh yeah, in another dimension, there's this uh, dude with the tail, and his name's Zidane." I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is a sequel to Final Fantasy X. Never have. I hate it. I hate it. I I, I, I hate it. <laughs> well, speaking of Mass Effect, this is Jonah from Texas who's been listening since 2017. Uh, Jonah also says, "Growing up." Grew up through the Xbox 360 and PS3 era. The RPG genre is probably my least played, so having Mass Effect in my game library never went through my mind until recently. With the release of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition this year and listening to you guys talk about it, slowly made its way into my thoughts. I'm currently burnt out on multiplayer games, and due to the lack of high-quality AAA single-player games, I decided to put my Game Pass Ultimate subscription to use. I downloaded and played the first Mass Effect. Happy to say I had a great time. I played on PC uh, in 30 hours of my first playthrough. I know some rough textures, but I still enjoyed the experience. So my question, I'm ready to jump back in for more, but how should I go about it? Should I play the entire OG trilogy, save my second playthroughs for the Legendary Edition, or just play multiple times through the OG trilogy? Is the Legendary Edition worth it? And what about Andromeda? Should I give it a try, Mark? Yeah. Wait, why why would you... What? I yeah, I don't know why, why he doesn't would... like just play the legendary edition. Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Couple, couple it's things. Better. For one, a second playthrough. Come on, <laughs> there's other games. Uh, play through Mass Effect trilogy. I mean, twice. unless you're gonna do like Renegade one run and Paragon yeah. another, I could see that. Goodness, uh, yeah, mm. I would just play the legendary <laughs> edition. I, 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 but I would, mm-hmm. I would uh, disagree with his idea of playing one on Game Pass and then switching over to the legendary edition, like. I mean, he's already done it. The whole thing is you're supposed to be playing them all like as one. And the legendary edition doesn't that like improve on that? Like the it it makes the three games more cohesive. Like they changed Femshep and stuff like that in in one to make her look more like two and three in the legendary edition. I don't know. Maybe I had to to speak to that. No, I'm not sure actually. I don't know about visually with Shep, but there's certainly like easier progression levels um especially in three once you hit three it's easier to get to like the the final mark of when you've hit your resource capacity before you can take on the final mission so they've made it a little bit easier including like in one famously like the mako's like much easier to navigate Mm -hmm. with and um you know there, there are fewer things that you have to do for uh getting your resources off of planets too it's it's not as annoying um, so they've One, streamlined it a little bit. And then there's your usual upgrades, like visually and whatnot, too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of quality of life stuff, especially in one. Um, no, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Play play the Legendary Edition, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think it's really worth playing through all three because you get an appreciation for how, you know, the studio kind of scaled the game. Like, you can get a sense of mm-hmm. one really feels like an amazing idea with mm-hmm. not a ton. like, And there's a lot of story set up. There's a lot of important decisions that you make that you really 
that makes much more of an impact when you made the decision and you remember where your mind was at when you had made those decisions. Like, of course you could just carry it over from two. Cause a lot of people's opinion is one is just sort of a tutorial and it's, it's not really fully fleshed out. So just skip one and go over to two. But I think it's worth like, I mean, but I'm an ultra mass effect fan. So yeah, of course well, so I would say as, it's worth playing one as an ultra mass effect fan. Is it controversial to play the, the three and then like them and then play Andromeda? Like, is no, that- it's more it's more that like you might be t- like the audience that you're speaking to might not be an ultra fan. And if they're playing from one and they drop off of it because it it feels maybe a little bit more bare bones, especially compared to modern day experiences. That's when you would recommend like, OK, if your threshold is you're not going to play three games back to back, then just jump to two and carry over to three so that you can see the end of the story. Right. But it sounds like he's asking, like, after I finish the three, should I play Andromeda? Like, yeah, I think so. That's Why one you? question. Well. You've only played Andromeda. Yeah, but Tina, did you play Andromeda? (laughs) I played a little bit of it, but it was uh, it was early because you know we all play games when they come out, so it was at its most broken when I was Uh, playing, and it was like laughably broken. Yeah, it was laughably (laughs) broken, and it was it was a little too disconnected from you know the the one two three experience that I had grown to love. So I fell off of it like some somewhere halfway in the middle of that game. Yeah, no, I mean that Legendary Edition to me is like the perfect they struck just the right balance of like staying true to the game's roots. It's not a total remake, right? Like it's just a mm-hmm. remaster, yeah. but like, you know, fixing and addressing all just the junk and garbage and cruft that people didn't like about the originals to make it playable in a modern era, but without messing with the spirit of what made them great. Like it, it was, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's one of those rare occasions where it's like, it's a trilogy that are so linked together, right? Like that doesn't happen very often. You play dark souls one, two, and three, and it's like your saves and stuff don't carry over, but it's like for the legendary collection, like it totally makes sense. It's like one full game now. Yeah, basically I, I played it like one full game. <laughs> Okay, this is Brock from the U.S., but living in South Korea. And Uh-oh. Brock wants to know, just a quick question for you all. I've always wondered, what are, uh, how do you all spend your working hours, both pre-COVID and during COVID? Can you walk us through your typical workday tasks, both in the office and the time you uh, have been working from home? So curious how it's structured. And I have to admit, remember, it's hard for me to remember what it was like working in the office. <laughs> A little bit. There were there were a lot more out loud fun conversations. You know, if there was a a show that everybody watched the night previous, we'd we'd come into the office and all be like excited, excitedly chattering about it in the morning. So like we lost all of that. We lost yeah. a lot of the social side of the office. And one of the, my favorite things to do is um, Sam and I would often go on walks to pick up sweets for people's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss doing that. Uh, you know, it seemed to like really bring a nice light to everyone's day and everyone gathers and picks up donuts and stuff. So all of that is gone and all of that has been replaced with a meetings after meetings, after meetings, (laughs) after meetings. It's basically my work day. (laughs) It's just more, more work. Yeah. More, more FaceTime done through like, yeah, we, we like, we have to schedule those sorts of moments now. This this is going to be a little bit inside, but I don't think I've eaten a bagel since, since I, have worked in the office. Mm, yeah, yeah, we used just, to do Wednesday bagels. There was a short amount of time where I was I was doing my own bagels on Wednesdays just to keep the spirit alive. <laughs> yeah, Mark Trader Joe's has pumpkin bagels. I'm just saying Ooh. they're pretty uh, good. Yeah, actually, they're very good. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> I don't know if I have a <laughs> desire. I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, working in the office is is man. I I'm the same. I kind of barely remember it. I I do agree 
with the whole like you know uh dan stapleton tweeted a while ago because they were talking about like uh in office chats and stuff like that and he mm-hmm. he tagged me and said like you know a show like my show devs react wouldn't even exist because that show exists solely because i was watching a speed run and he came up and and was asking me about it and then he was like hey have you ever thought about like asking the devs what they think of it and like that was like a total casual conversation that is really hard to like emulate when everybody's just Mm -hmm. working from home and and a lot of that stuff uh, i just had a meeting for another podcast and uh, we were like, what are some things we can do to like improve it? And it was like this, like actually getting into a meeting and actually being able to like pre-plan it versus, you know, and I remember like, you know, we all sat very close to each other. Um, and, you know, there would be like little game scoop meetings. What are we going to talk about? And and same with Beyond. And it's like now it's just like here's a slack of, you know, everything. It's it's just so different now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say for, for me personally, the working from home has been. I, uh, an improvement because I lived 27 miles from the office. So it was about two hours each way to and from work. And I put 30,000 miles on my car in like the first year and a half of owning it. And now my commute is, uh, from there to here. So it's, you know, a lot of time back in my life to do things I actually want to do versus sitting and staring at people's taillights. I used to walk 45 minutes to and from the office. And that was like a nice, additional exercise and you know sort of taking a calm walk in between the days and whatnot and that's completely lost because yeah i walk from one room to the other room that's my that's my commute now too yeah i don't get any exercise anymore (laughs) um i i supervise a team of nine or maybe ten and so obviously now most of my day is spent just watching their camera feeds and watching them work in their (laughs) offices and living spaces Mm -hmm. making (laughs) <laughs> making sure that they're at their keyboards. Um, yep. <laughs> no, uh, like we, my specific situation is a little bit unique in that most of my direct team and, and the people that I do supervise were already remote. So folks like Seth Macy were already not in office and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, so uh, beyond not getting to sit shoulder to shoulder with all of you cool folks, but the team on my direct team, they, they were already not in office. So we frankly were not super disrupted. Um, it was really just me, um, you know, not working in office. Um, and in terms of what my day is day to day, yeah, same as Tina, it's a lot of meetings, um, which I complain about, it feels like too much, but it's also like, well, you know, we're scattered to the winds. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Like if you want to know what's Mm -hmm. going on, you got to be talking to people. And so it just, it kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. We just lose the spontaneity of in, um, in office chat. It's like walk over to Justin's desk and be like, have you seen this latest cute picture of my, my nephew mm-hmm. or my niece? And <laughs> like, we just don't do those sorts of things anymore because you don't have that out loud, like, you know, spontaneous random conversations. Or like one of the other things I really loved is everyone gathering around Pear's desk because he mm-hmm. had the TV and a game station. So if there was a new game that people needed to play through for guides or review or whatever, you know, they'd just sit casually there. Sometimes people crowd around to watch like what the new game is. So it's just always fun things to just go see what people are working on and participate in it in a kind of just friendly social way. I remember when GD, you know, GDQ is twice a week or twice a month, twice a year. Oh, my God. And <laughs> and uh, that was always like a fun week between like me and like even Justin and, and Tom and stuff and, and Damon. And it was like, hey, did you see this thing and stuff like that? And it's like, 
I don't even feel like I've watched the past couple because it's like that that like social part of it's gone. You know, you can just you could just tweet about things now. And I, I yeah. found I replaced a lot of my social stuff with like tweeting when I when I first went remote and I was like, I gotta get a handle on this. Like press conferences too we used to like put the um it was fun because when we were filming gamescom recently we went to the la studio uh to Mm -hmm. to film it in a very covid safe fashion and um dave tool like wheeled out the like a big screen for us to be able to watch uh the conferences and whatnot or like our panels and our our interviews and whatnot from our desks and that's something that we used to do all the time as a group and then we'd Mm -hmm. react to big news reveals together so that's definitely a bit of the fun that's lost too yeah I, yeah, I can't stress like enough how fun Gamescom was because uh, I got to hang out with like Tina and Damon, right? Like th- yeah. those were you guys are yeah. people I, I have not seen since March, right? Because it, it, it there was nothing March twenty twenty. Oh yeah, March twenty twenty. Because like there was nothing gradual about us going work from home. It was like uh, was we may need people to start like working from home, blah blah blah, <laughs> and then it was like. Okay, maybe we should start thinking about next week because I don't think there's yeah. going to be a lot of people in office. And then it was like over the weekend we got an email and they're like the office is closed and we're like, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. So a lot of people that I I used to see every single day, I sat next to Patrick every day. I have not seen him in two years. It's like a weird <laughs> shock because normally when people leave, uh, He's you probably get to go like, out. you know, hang go out, out with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. If you um, if you go into like a bush where there's a bird nearby, you'll probably find <laughs> he'll be there. He'll be there. Take a <laughs> I, I remember uh, James Duggan was the first one of the first people like to leave during the pandemic, and I I've, I was like, man, this isn't this feels weird because it used to be a thing, right? People would leave and everyone would hug them, and then it'd be like, mm-hmm. let's all go grab drinks after work, and he was just like you know one of the mini squares on a Zoom call, and it was like, all right, I'm quitting, bye everyone, and you're just like, that's it. He's gone. Yeah. It's the same with hire. It's the same with hiring. Like Tina and I have both onboarded new employees in the pandemic. And I frankly kind of screwed up the first one where it was like, I didn't quite realize how much one-on-one time and FaceTime they would need to get with everybody to feel like they had any sort of continuity with the team and weren't just like isolated in their home. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, Especially with how many people we have um, across all our teams, it's a, it's a lot of people to meet. And then a lot of people you're not meeting if you're not in the office. So we have to be more intentional with like scheduling fun, which is not fun (laughs) at that point. The amount of people that I've worked with like a year or more uh, that I met for the first time at Gamescom last Mm -hmm, month is mm -hmm. like astounding. I was like, Hey, Kat Bailey, someone I've talked to a billion times. Hi, Michael Calibro. Good to meet yeah. you for the first time. Wow, you're taller than I thought. Or you know, like it's totally. just some people. Some people definitely have a taller, short energy that is not matched <laughs> by real life. <laughs> We also, um, speaking of like, you know, the figuring out on the fly really quickly that we'd have to transition to pretty like full time remote because we were grappling with like, is it going to be a couple months of this? Is it going to be a couple days a week? Like, how can we kind of maneuver this stuff? And we had just launched a brand new show and the concept was supposed to be like, okay, high production value. We're really putting a lot of um, resources into this. And it was Next Gen Console Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like our what, Damon, like second episode where we had yeah, to go maybe into third pandemic. Or fourth, but still. Yeah, like very early on into it. And we still made it work. It was still a great show. It was a bummer, though, because we were really excited about, you know, having a really big crew around that um, as like a studio driven kind of a show. But we made it work. Same with that news show, right? I forget what it was called. The the Uh, Engine Quest? 
yeah, yeah. I mean, like riff, but like at the same time, like that that had much grander plans mm-hmm. for like all the different like you know we had this like set where it was like it was a bar set and all this different stuff, yeah. and like that show had grander plans, and then it just became like you know it just was a, a daily podcast. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. We will be back in studio someday. Not me. Can't, can't say exactly when. Not Justin. Yeah. And not even Mark. Probably <laughs> but, not. That's true. But a lot of us will be back in studio one of these days. We've got some really nice new studios being built in L.A. right now. Oh, yeah. yeah they're incredible looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from the one true John from Baltimore. Says there appear there appear to be two Johns from Baltimore. This John from Baltimore did not send in Simon's quest for the last episode, so I have to try and do better than the other John. Hopefully, make the scoopers get more than six questions in by getting mine correct. <laughs> yeah, they guessed Simon's quest in six questions last week, Mark. That's pretty good. Simon's quest yeah. too. Not not a fan favorite when it comes to Castlevanias. So interesting. Well, we zeroed in pretty fast thanks to Sam that the game had a Frankenstein in it. Mm-hmm. That, was <laughs> then, that was a touch, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't too much more to do after that. <laughs> a Frankenstein or a Frankenstein's monster? Dude, mm-hmm. I don't... <laughs> yeah, okay. Good point. Honestly, 10 is not a sequel. Uh, <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Uh, is this an open world game? Uh, hmm... Mm, no, I don't think we would call it that. It might be Simon's okay. Quest again, because I wouldn't know how to answer that <laughs> if that was that. <laughs> is is this a uh, is this a uh, spooky themed game? It's spooky. Yes. Huh. Okay. Uh, did this is game? It, I'm going to go with dates because I'm not on enough. So you know, uh, I, did this game come out after uh, January first, two thousand ten? Yes. Mm-hmm. It narrows it down Resident. to 20. <laughs> Resident Evil 8. Oh, could be, could be, could be. Um, we could go the type of spooky route. Sure. Yeah. Um, are there zombies in this game? Mm. Or whatever word the universe decides to call zombies? Freakers. Mm. <laughs> Ridden. <Yeah. laughs> Walkers. That's so I stupid. Don't... Yeah. Man. Let's put a pin in that one. Ooh, okay, <laughs> All right, so it might be Resident Evil. Undead. I wouldn't know how to answer. It could be The Last of Us because they're like not really zombies. Mm-hmm. It's like a parasitic virus thing. Yeah. What do they call them, Last of Us? There's like something they call them. I forget though. There's clickers. There's the clickers. But that's oh, I thought there was like special. a general term. I forgot. Is, Maybe not. There is a general. I for whatever reason I forget as well. Because Click, mm-hmm. clickers are one of the special zombies. Right. Yeah, they're the and ones totally that... infected. Do they just call it? Infected? I think it, that might be it. I th- I okay, so. I think that might yeah. be it. So, Damon, if it's uh, okay. if it's a parasitic blah blah blah, but they're still like eating your brains, we're, we're going to count that as zombies. I think. Okay. <laughs> or just like eating humans. Let's not narrow it down to brains. Right. Sure. It's like, how often do you actually see zombies eating brains specifically? Do <laughs> my brains get okay? Eaten? Maybe it's, maybe at the end of the really meal. Like, it's really on the line here. Interesting. It's not What's as... on the line? The, only The Last of Us that I can think of is on the line. 
If those are like clearly zombies though, right? But they're they're like very technically and specifically not called zombies. And they're based yeah. off of a scientific discovery too, obviously fictionalized, right. but they're more like mold and stuff like that versus Yeah. I mean if you're if you're formerly a person and now you eat brains. Yeah. So right. zomb- that's what makes you That's zombie, what I'm right? saying. If you eat humans, if yeah. you are an undead cannibalist, Okay, well, then ask that. Are, do the the do the enemies in this game do they want to eat humans? <laughs> but this does, this counts as the same question, though. The same question. I'm just wording it differently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on. Do, I can answer that question. Okay, do the so, enemies in this game want to eat humans? Do you want me to answer that one? That, as that long would. as it replaces mine and doesn't expend a yeah, question. Yeah. No. Okay. So, do the enemies in this game want to eat humans? No. Interesting. Oh dang. Hmm. And what was the answer Maybe. to the open world? He doesn't know how to answer that. Or no, it was. Yeah. Sort of. I said I don't think it, people. No, yeah, it's not he open said world. basically no. Got it. Got a, it. A hesitating no. Yeah. That's, Is this game a was this game a console exclusive when it first came out? When it exclusive first to a platform came out. Let me reference this really fast. Now I'm just write it. It's not. It's not a Resident Evil game, obviously, because he would know the answer to that question. But like, no, are the Resident Evil games open world? <laughs> I mean, eight, eight kind of is. Like, yeah, right? Like they is. all kind of are because you can kind of like. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. The answer is no. Not a console exclusive. And that's fine. W- once you put the jewel in the tiger's eye, then it's all open. Then all it's the an way. open world. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I was gonna say, like, are there puzzle elements to this game? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. We don't know for sure it's a survival horror game. I'm assuming it is. Like, if it's a survival horror game from 2010 or sooner, we should be able to get it. Right. Exactly. Is it? Is this game part of a series? No. Oh. Oh shoot. Well, okay. No, with a wink, wink. Oh. Okay. Spinoff. Maybe spinoff. Well, I mean, who knows? We just had a whole segment debating. (laughs) <laughs> the concept of sequels and series. So I'm more confused than ever. <laughs> if it wasn't a sequel, it wouldn't be called Final Fantasy X. It would be called something else. I'm still with that, yeah. Sorry, did someone be, my Tita, something, Tita something broke up journey. here? I don't I'm not I'm not I'm losing you guys. <laughs> Physically and okay. intellectually. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. Uh is this game uh is this game single player? Yes. That's a pretty good question. Yeah. I don't know if it helps us at all. No, it throws out all the like back for bloods and right. like, oh, true, all. true, true. Um, oh, have man. we mentioned the title of this game in this entire podcast? Oh, that's always a fun one. It's tough because no. we rattled off a lot of names. Okay, because I was thinking maybe it's like a limbo thing where they're like clearly up to get you, but they're not like undead zombies or anything. So no, you have not mentioned this game right. in the entire in the entirety of this podcast. So it is not Grand Theft Auto. Got it. <laughs> what about Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare specifically? <laughs> oh, because that's not really a sequel, but we. That's a, oh, but the question that's a was, world, is it part though. of a series and it, and it's blatantly open world? Yeah. And it's yeah. not from after 2010. Never mind. And, and technically <laughs> we said Red Dead in the episode. Yeah. Well, it's not The Last of Us. And Damon wasn't quite sure if it was a console exclusive? No, I, I know that it's, it was not. When it first launched. Was this game developed in Japan? 
No, that's 10. It's not a console. We don't know if it's... I mean, it's likely PS4, Xbox One generation, right? I don't know. I don't know either. Could be something like Until Dawn, which is like... I mean, no, that's full spooky. Yeah. To To recap what I remember, not open world, spooky... Enemies don't want to eat you. Not made in Japan. Not a console exclusive. After 2010. It doesn't have to be a horror game. Like, is this explicitly, like, is this a horror game? Would people call this a horror game? Uh, That's probably not the first bucket that they would put it in. Okay, see, I'm glad we got this. But it's definitely got some spookies in it. So what about, like, I mean, this one got a sequel, but what about, like, Costume Quest? Oh, like, cutesy spooky? Yeah, cutesy spookies, exactly. Cutesy hmm. spooky. Oh, and, and there's by- puzzle elements. That was another question that that's we right. asked. Yeah. Uh, but I, so, like Luigi's Mansion, except that's part of a series. Mm-hmm. But I see so- where you're going, though. Right. Mm. That spooky doesn't mean scary. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. definitely not. Mm-hmm. Justin likes spooky. <laughs> he doesn't like scary. It's like. He likes he likes the the old bed sheet with the eyes poked out. That's that's fun. <laughs> that's and that's 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 right up at the line. <laughs> yeah, you draw angry eyebrows on it. He's done. Yep. <laughs> Should we ask if it's cutesy spooky because it could have other about, spooky elements, not be cutesy. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You could say I like you, we could ask like would would this game be okay for children to play? Yeah, like is this game is this game family friendly? No. Okay. Not cute. Well, <clears throat> I'm still stuck on the like are probably undead but not quite undead. And not horror and puzzle elements. That's kind of mm-hmm. what's rotating in my head. Yeah. But like there's not any Resident Evils. Certainly not. Um I've forgotten every game that's ever existed, ever. That's that's what I'm thinking. <sighs> that isn't you, a horror can, game, straight up. <laughs> is this game played from a 2D perspective? No. All right. So glad Sam's not here to give me crap about that. <laughs> Why? Because he always does every time it comes up. <laughs> Are you sure, Damon? Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. What is 2D? <laughs> Dang, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to not think of a game and think of questions to ask. But I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't even know what questions to ask. Um, okay, we could go down the path of genre, or we could go down the path of enemies because they're certainly coming at you. They're just not trying to eat you. Do we know they're coming at you? I assume. <laughs> what so. do they do when they get to you? <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> They scold like, you. Like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Want to no, join my like, guild? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, we don't know this. I, like, maybe, maybe you're the spooky. Do you know maybe many this... games where you play as the spooky? Um, no. There's a couple. There's one where you're a ghost going around bugging people. <laughs> um, that sounds family no. friendly. <laughs> the haunting, yeah. starring Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, it's what's it called? Like a uh, ghost house or something like that. Um, I want to ask, like, is, is this like a is this a highly 
regarded game? Like, do people mm. like this game? Yes. Well received twenty post twenty ten game. What was it? Sorry, did we ask the question about it being family friendly? We did. Yeah, and he it said was it wasn't. No. It's not. Yeah, not family friendly. So somewhere, not. so it's not so, directly horror. Certainly not survival horror. Nothing gory. We should, we, maybe we can nail down what you do in this game. Like, so do you shoot guns? Is it a shooting? It's spooky, but not horror. Yeah, but not family friendly. Yeah. So it just has like a spooky, unnerving atmosphere, mm-hmm. but not a horror game. So like, what makes it not a horror? Like you know, like I don't know, like Gears of War, except for I know it's not Gears because that's part of a franchise, but like totally not a horror game, but like you know, pretty spooky. Is it? Yeah. More action. Oh, you got those. If you step into the dark in Gears One, then all the little birds come down and get yeah. you. It's very sp- deeply spooky. <laughs> yeah, I guess in that sense, like Halo's not a horror game, but it's spooky because of the yep. flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think about stuff that would be a horror game, except your character is like too powerful and strong right. for it to be considered yeah. a horror game. Like, uh, like, like I, I don't know, like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, or like, mm-hmm. or like, uh, mm-hmm. or like a, like a, like a Demon Souls. Oh, yeah, or, um, oh, shoot, I forget the name of a game that I really like. What about the one? Yeah, it got a sequel. Um, never mind, it got a sequel. And it's Japanese. (laughs) We're probably thinking of the same game. Bloodborne, Bloodborne, another another good game that is uh, technically not part of the series. Also, another good, like, first game that didn't have any sequels. Is Dark Souls a sequel? Hmm. I don't, I'm not talking about this with you anymore. <laughs> uh, Bloodborne, Bloodborne, okay. very, very clearly open world. Or but this game was not made in Japan. Yeah. Also not made in Japan. Um, is this a first person mm-hmm. game? No, that's 15. God, we're done. Sam. Ooh. Yeah, can we phone a friend? I want to know. I want to know, like, what we're, what you're fighting. I wish. I don't know if it's too late. We know it's not zombies. Yeah, but it's, it's like, something it, undead. I assume so ghosts or monsters. Mm-hmm. It's not first person. It's not two D. So it's like a third person actiony game that's not horror but is spooky. What about like medieval? Do Maybe we know it's an that? action mm-hmm. game? What if it's something no, like Gone just- Home? Yeah, it could be. I mean, except it's it's not first person. But yeah, it could totally be like a a walking simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Could be something narrative. Uh we we really need to with five questions left, we need to figure out what you do in this game. (laughs) Is this game like is this an action y game? Yes. Okay. Might be Lollipop Chainsaw. No, I, think I was thinking about that earlier, but that's yeah, and that's also Japanese developed. All right, and developed. Hmm. I was thinking about that though because it's really goofy. It's not really a horror game, but but still not family friendly. Very much so. <laughs> 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 or is it, dude? I don't know. I'm, I don't uh... know your family. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. <laughs> It's just a whole family of Lollipop fans. Uh, some obscure mm. Xbox 360 game. Um, I'm kind of stumped, guys. I'm stumped. Yeah. Uh, well, we gotta at least try. Like, was this game? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We know it came out after 2010. 
was this game originally released? What do you want to do? The PS4, Xbox One X? Was this game originally released on the PS4? Yes. Okay. And it's not part of a series. It's yeah, PS4 one off that was wink wink. wink. Yeah, I forgot about that. What's the what's the wink wink spinoff part of it? Right. Wait, sorry, what? Spinoff what? I I thought the wink wink was for the PS4 release. No, no, meaning maybe it got. No, no, it's for the. It's for the. Is it part of a series? It's not. It's it's, and to be clear, it is not part of a series except wink wink. Mm. (laughs) I don't know what that means either. (laughs) It was originally released on the PS4. Was this game developed or was this game developed or published by a company that? that has held an E3 press conference? No. So not one of the biggies. One of the smallies, Mm -hmm. but not Japanese. So you have one question and a guess. Oh, God. What is the name of this game? Yeah, can we... Can (laughs) that be a question? Has anyone ever tried? (laughs) Just now. (laughs) What was the like cheat everyone was doing that made it like super obvious? Like, does the name of the game is it like between A and F in the alphabet or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. We, we've yeah. had a few cheats in the past. One was, have we mentioned this game yet? That that was a classic, which one. is a good one. Yeah, yeah. I used that actually, up way early on the you, eve of the end of this round. I'll give you two hints. Mm-hmm. The one true John from Baltimore says this is one of his favorite games, mm-hmm. and also. I almost didn't pick this because I thought it might be too easy. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, man. Well, me and John, we go way back. Too so I just got to think of his favorite games. That's the problem is I, I do have a feeling that it's going to be like, it's whatever. And we're going to feel like a bunch of sillies. I give up. Yeah. One question and a guess. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to burn one. Uh, does this game have like a like a never mind, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask a Should question I... that rules out maybe two percent of video games. I, I, <laughs> I guess we yeah. I guess we could ask like are they are the enemies undead? I don't know. Yeah. I could I reveal the game if Okay, if you uh, have to give up. Does this game have a uh, just, do just do it? Just do uh, it. Okay, do you, is it a shooter? Yes. Third person shooter. Spooky yeah. third person shooter. Spooky. Spooky third and with puzzle elements. And with mm-hmm. puzzle elements. Whatever can't, that means. Can't be Dead Space. Can't mm-hmm. be Bioshock. All too horror y. <sighs> third person shooter with. Yeah, I man, I'm out. I don't know. Yep, I still don't have it. Sorry, sorry, crew. Sorry, Sam. Tina, you ready? Yeah, to hear the answer. Let's do it. Well, it was interesting when you asked if you had mentioned this game before on this episode before, because I feel like I'm surprised that you didn't list it as one of your favorite games of all time that wasn't a sequel. Because this is IGN's 2019 Game of the Year. Oh, hey. Control. Oh, Control. 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 Oh. That's right. Hades was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. that's a horror game. Spooky. Okay. Well, so, honestly, explicitly my, the, the, horror. It's spooky. But 
The question I was no, going to yeah, ask was, it does is this action game, shooty. I, I, I was going to ask if it has a female lead, and I, I, I figured if the answer was um, no, that did not help us at all. And now I'm sad I didn't go for it because we. Yeah, it would have helped. Yeah. I just, for yeah. whatever reason, completely forgot about. I, I now fully understand that. Is it part of a series? Because it's like, it's definitely not. But it's like, not. But there's like there there's is, a tie to Alan Wake. Yeah, there's, yeah. There is ties to Alan there's Wake. the universe. Oh man, yeah. that is embarrassing because we all love that game. <laughs> the Remnants. The enemies are like the hiss that have like possessed yeah. humans. They don't want but they're not zombies. They don't want your brains. That's what that's what was tripping me up. They want to take over your brain, but that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Darn. Rough. Rough. Control. Control. Great Control. game. Though. Great game. Great game, man. Great game that we forgot about. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great games that we forgot. There about. is a lot, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I forgot about Ghost of Tsushima, and that was like pretty new too. Yeah, it's true. Sure. Uh, well, thank you for the suggestion. The one true John from Baltimore. Hey, they lasted longer than six questions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're still going, actually. <laughs> <laughs> viewers and listeners Sam will be uh, happy that uh, you didn't win without him yeah. Uh, yeah. viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com that is all the scoops that we, have for, that we have for you this week thank you to Tina, thank you Mark, thank you Justin thank you to Tayo working behind the scenes making this show possible my name is Damon, this is IGN Gamescoop and we're out welcome
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.